Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives, here on 97.5 CIOE FM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. And today you will discover that this is also social health, community health and other health. My mission is to change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well, so they can choose for themselves which options might work in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Today, I'm with Robin Grant, a wonderful person who is here to talk about mindfulness meditation and the importance for youth. She is also a social activist and a youth activist. Welcome, Robin, to the show. Thank you so much. Um, it's really, first of all, I love what you're doing here. Um, telling people there's a light at the end of the tunnel um, tells me a lot about the purpose of this. And uh, and I, I was familiar, but um, I'm really I'm really pleased to be here. And I really strongly believe in community radio, um, primarily because it is by and for the people. And that is not something that we really have much today with. Um, corporations running the show in so many ways. So I'm really grateful to be here. So thank you for inviting me. Thank yeah. you very much, Ramin. Uh, many people don't know that this is a non-profit radio station. It even has an art gallery and nearly all of the people working here are volunteers. Mm -hmm. So Robin, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you grow up and how did you become the person that you are today? That's a big question. <laughs> choice. I'll try to keep it short, um, <laughs> so nobody goes to sleep on 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 us. But uh, I I grew up in Prince Edward Island, and when I was still a teenager, I moved to Newfoundland um, to live with my aunt and uncle. Uh, I I had a very privileged uh, life growing up. Um, I could I guess I came from a well-to-do, educated family. Well, I did, and. Um, uh, there was some, my, my father remarried a, a few times. So when I was, uh, that was a little bit tumultuous, uh, for me, I was always a very sensitive child. And, uh, when I, I moved to live with my aunt and uncle, um, because they thought it would be my stepmother and my dad thought it would be a better environment, um, at the time. And that was whole brand new for me. I moved to Newfoundland from Prince Edward Island, and I ended up going to university there. I came here for journalism school, University of King's College. Then I went back and um, continued. Uh, well, I, I had already been a freelance writer and journalist uh, with like um, CBC Radio and the Weather Network and Global National News, <clears throat> a whole bunch of different magazines across Canada and all over the world, and. Uh, and I was really basically paying the piper with that. But um, I was in a setup, essentially, that um, I was I could work from my computer and I could work from my phone anywhere in the world. Uh, but I was sort of, you know, I, I, my partner at the time was um, a, a physician. He was doing a locum in a community outside of St. John's. 
so he was about eight hours away. So I was kind of alone in this big house and all my friends, um, uh, were working during the day. So I thought, you know, I really want to get out and, um, see the world, uh, a little bit more interact with humans. <laughs> so it's <laughs> always a good idea, <laughs> right? So I decided, um, <clears throat> I decided that, uh, I had volunteered with, with new Canadians and with refugees and with older adults. And, um, my friend said, you know, you'd be great with, uh, youth. You should, there's a youth services site just up the hill. Why don't you give it a shot? So I said, sure. I got in there and at first they didn't have much for me to do. It was, um, basically just help with dishes, tidy up the area. Um, and what I found was that the young people there <clears throat> didn't have anything really focused to do. There was different, um, servicing agencies there, government and nonprofit, all centralized in this area. But, um, essentially the young people, if they went to say, find out about, um, you know, a place, to, a, a temporary lodging or affordable housing, you know, place to live, if they, if they wanted to go back to school or get their GED, um, there are things for young women who were in pregnant groups for young pregnant teenage women and mm. kids, um, who had drug addictions. There were counselors and that sort of thing, of course. Um, there wasn't really anything for them to do. Um, mm -hmm. so they would go into their appointment and they'd all sort of congregate in this lobby and I'd sit with them. And, you know, that they say, um, idleness is the devil's handiwork. So, You know, I noticed, you know, because they started to trust me pretty quickly that, you know, they weren't really, they were planning on, on, uh, things to do that <laughs> were probably not in their best interest. So and, you mean illegal activities like dealing drugs and stuff? Uh, I don't know, you know, just they, they mm -hmm. were going to go get a six pack of beer and okay. hang out under the bridge or, you mm -hmm. know, but they had nothing to do and they, mm -hmm. they had no hope. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I'm a published creative writer and I thought these, these guys would be great at creative writing. So I put a little poster up and designed a little course. And f at first, a couple of kids came, and then a whole bunch of kids started coming. And the social workers were like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm just, you know, are you handing out candy bars? Or <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm just treating them with respect. And I also was respecting their experience in particular because, you know, I wasn't teaching them Shakespeare. I was teaching them to look at Eminem and Tupac and, and, um, Leonard Cohen and, and sort of things that they could relate to in popular culture or that was more accessible to them. So, uh, tell me a little bit about the people that you helped. So you say that we're at risk youth, young people that really had no vision, no goal in life, just for hanging around and looking well, for mischief, basically. You could say that. I mean, I, I, um, This is this is how I first got introduced mm -hmm. to them, and I ended up applying for a special projects grant because when I finished up and I gave them certificates for the creative, or probably some of them the first certificates or graduations they ever had, I um I decided um you know I started to talk to the social worker and she's like you've had a big impact on these kids and I said yeah and she said what are you going to do now and I said well I bet a lot of people come in and out of their lives so I decided I would apply for funding for a project so essentially um. Your question was, what kind of young people were these? Kind of, yeah, tell, yeah, tell us a story about a young person that yeah. uh, got transformed by creative yeah. writing or whatever you... Yeah, it was journalism, ended. theater. Yeah. I ended up starting an alternative school. So it was journalism, theater, film, uh, playwriting, Newfoundland folklore. I had guest lectures come in. Um, the thing is, what what there's a way to paint the brush of what these people are like. And, and truthfully... Um, 
it's uh, to get back to mindfulness. It's not very mindful. So, so essentially, what I told these people right away, and what glued, what held the glue, was that I told them that they were resilient, mm-hmm. uh, resilient young people, and that they had gone through more than most people would ever do in an entire lifetime. Like they had survived so much, and I had deep respect for them, and it was genuine. And they had a certain kind of what is uncanny. what for example did they go through? Probably the usual separation of parents, oh, or foster care, foster um, care abuse, things like wow. that. Wow, of course, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, all kinds, anything you want to imagine and throw in that bucket. It's. I it's, think the more concrete yeah. we talk, the more the listeners can imagine that it's maybe youth they can relate to, or if somebody young listens to it that is in that situation, can see that there's a way even out of their abuse or their maltreatment, their parents dying and going to foster care or having to go to foster care because of the drug use of the parents. Yeah, they, these were beautiful people, right? Mm, but people sure. didn't quite see it, you know, mm-hmm. that way. Um, and that was really tragic for those people and, uh, of course, for these young people because if you're described as an at-risk youth, um, it predisposes you to negative um Outcomes. For example, yes. if you're called a pre, an at-risk teacher or an at-risk adult or an at-risk bartender, then it kind of puts a kind of a bad um, hue over everything about how you see yourself and how you feel about your life. So we agreed. Mm-hmm. I talked to them and we agreed that we were going to call them resilient youth. And so this was I was really interested in empowering them through their um, kind of street savvy intelligence like. They were incredibly smart. They were really able to see things through things very quickly. They were really good judges of character and really resourceful. I really love yeah. that you rebrand that negative image that many of those kids get from outside. Oh, those are at risk youth. They have nothing good. They hang out at night and, and vandalize. Yeah. That you actually rebrand them and tell them the positive, their strength that they can actually use to the benefit of society, except so that contributes definitely to society health. And we need that. Yeah, no, it was. And they, they um, so through the workshops, we had, um, they'd result like a journalism workshop. We had a cross-provincial newspaper called Backbeat, which is still, all this is still going today. And we had, um, I think we produced four or five films. Um, you know, we produced creative writing anthologies, plays, um, they got to speak on the on the TV, on the radio, because um, I use my you know media connections. Well, I, I use my media savvy, I should say, to make sure that they get the respect they deserved. Excellent. And I I did see like I you know and it, it, to the point where like I couldn't even tell like I didn't get them to proclaim what was wrong with them. That was a big thing, you know. I didn't I didn't you know I like just like I wouldn't ask you what are your what are your challenges. If they self declared as resilient youth, that was enough for them to be there. Um, and, uh, we did have like master students taking part, for example, who were getting these cool free film workshops. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of, um, that idea of who's a winner and who's a loser was pretty much blurred at the organization. Uh, and everybody else saw it that way too. So well, in the end, everybody was yeah. a winner, wasn't it? I, I would like to think so. Yeah. So, um, so that was really nice. Uh, and so that that kind of was the foreground for, uh, after that, I decided to do a master's in education. So I left um, after four years. I I managed to raise within the first two years $2 million in, um, in the middle of a recession for um, 
for these, you know, for the programming and for salaries for, for, for professional full-time staff to assist me, which was frankly exhausting. And I essentially, I had compassion fatigue by the end of it. Because I, I had, can um, believe that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was uh, like a mom, you know, and uh, more more than anything. Um, so you felt stressed and burned out, more or less, and needed some new focus. Yeah. So I started a new relationship, and I ended up uh, starting mm. my master's in education. That is exciting. Yeah, it was nice. Where did you do that in Newfoundland? I did that in Newfoundland, and okay. uh, I just finished that, and I I changed my focus a few times, but what I ended up doing for my exit paper was about the need for mindfulness meditation practice for today's youth, and I and I stressed adolescent youth. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing, and that brings me to yeah. the end of the first half of today's broadcast here on 97.5 CIOE FM or on the web. Please stay tuned for the second half after the commercial break when we'll talk more about what mindfulness does for youth. Thank you very much. Welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM or on the web on communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and today I am with my guest, Robin Grant. And uh, in the first half, we talked a little bit about what she used to do and how she got into helping youth bring out their best self. And now in the second half of the show, I'd like to talk a little bit more about your favorite topic, which is mindfulness for youth and why it is important, what it is, what you do. Sure. Um, so basically, mindfulness meditation was something that um, this Buddhist guy, this Buddhist monk named Thich Nhat Hanh brought to the Western world. He first brought it to um, Martin Luther King, actually, Martin Luther King Jr., and explained basically the techniques and how to do it. Um, to sort of s summarize, um, we're going to be focusing on meditation. Meditation practice is a technique that cultivates present moment awareness, attention, calm, and non-judgment. Um, and so I actually did my exit paper on this, as I said, for my master's, which I just finished. And I, since this is the health show, and I really, <clears throat> I feel that it's extremely important um, for people's, uh, it's critical actually that people are engaged uh, in, in mindfulness practice because um, the way you think affects how you behave. So choices you make about eating or um, working or um, exercising or and what you invest your time and what you focus your attention on and your energy on. Um, what's interesting is that a lot of people are obsessed with time and money. And that is kind of what's happened with our, that's kind of what's happened to human beings, especially in the West. And 
And we're so, there's such a sense of urgency to get the next thing done. There's so much stress um, to get ahead from this one or that one that nobody's really able to look, um, stop and look at, you know, why they're doing things if what they're doing is healthy. And this can lead to, you know, overeating, undereating, overworking, underworking, um, you know, addictions like drug addictions, cigarette, cigarette addiction, alcohol addiction, gambling addictions, cell phone addiction, cell phone addiction, exactly, media addictions. Um, and what's, what's, uh, What's ironic is that right now, instead of time and money, it's really attention. And this is what people have to really see, uh, I, I feel, is that um, everything is vying for, for our attention now. So it could be the multiple media platforms, for example, Facebook, iPad, iPhones, um, television, movies, Hollywood, ads as you drive by in your car on the side of the road. Um, advertisements and videos and audio while you're going through the supermarket. It's literally everywhere now. And so when what corporations are really tuned into is that to get the consumer public now, they need to get our attention. And what's really interesting is that there's a phenomenon called mind-wandering that um, psychologists have researched this and that most people spend 50% of their times mind-wandering or in a state of mind blindness. So essentially this is basically um, in such a, there's such in a go, go, go mode that they're always thinking about the future, what could happen in the future, or they're always reflecting on the past and they're doing everything in automatic pilot so that they're never actually here, which sounds crazy, but they might be physically present, but their minds are either in the past or in the future or, you know, um, just overloaded with information and distraction. And this is actually really, you know, uh, kind of become a massive concern of our time because we've had an exponential increase in technology. Um, we also have globalism, um, you know, uh, you know, consumerism and a lot more stress than ever before. And so it's no surprise that young people now are getting super duper like there's there's actually a spike since 2000 in the incidence of attention deficit disorder, uh, stress disorders, depression, and anxiety. Yeah, now, when when you yeah. look at it uh, in in practice, you go across the street and you see the people texting while walking, mm -hmm. texting while driving, and looking around, and even texting while eating. There's people that can't eat a meal without stopping to check their texts, their emails. How important is it? And they can't even talk to people in the same room. They text their mother in the next room. Now, that is not normal in my books. No, it's it's not. And it's certainly not healthy. It's, it's wrecking havoc on our minds and our bodies. Um, it's, it's interesting because... Uh, there's kind of two states, like we're human beings, but we're also, we've kind of become human doings. And let me explain that. So the doing mind is, is essentially, um, it sees things in black and white. Um, and it's always thinking good or bad. It's constantly wanting to be distracted by different things. Um, believes essentially that whatever we're thinking is a hundred percent true. It doesn't question the thoughts that come through our minds. It doesn't even pause to think, you know, is that, is that, am I judging right now? 
Um, and really what is much more powerful is the being mind. So the being mind is chooses consciously and also the, the being, the doing mind is constantly projecting into the future or lamenting or reflecting on the past as opposed to being present. So the doing mind is always about, I got to get the next thing. I got to get the next buck. I have to achieve, achieve, achieve. It's like we're, we're in this journey and, and we're just, all we can think about is the end goal. And essentially we end up 80 years old, you know, saying what happened in my life? I was yeah. too busy doing. And so, I feel yeah. many people don't even know their goal and they just go day by day and let themselves be distracted. I've heard that the average attention span now went from uh, a few years ago, seven seconds, with which is terribly slow, a uh, little now to three seconds, which is really nothing. And when you remember an eight-year-old 200 years ago was able to... Uh, embroider a perfect sampler that you can see on the Antiques Roadshow, which must have took her hours to do, to concentrate and be there. And an eight-year-old is not even able to draw a nice picture sometimes nowadays. Well, yeah, because they're, um, they, uh, a lot of young people are distracted to the point of it being frankly ridiculous, which is which is really stressful for parents and teachers and children, you know, caregivers. Um, anyway, the being mind is, is essentially present. Um, it's enjoying what's happening as opposed to rushing back or looking forward and not being able to, it's not constantly worrying. It's mm -hmm. just like accepting what is because there really is no, you know, there's past and future. Yes, but not really. All there is is right now. Um, so, This is something that um, is kind of a breakthrough when young people come to realize that adolescent aged youth as well, more than ever, are, you know, are being drawn into this uh, multifaceted, uh, I don't know, buying for their attention, everything. Um, they are <clears throat> basically so much consumerism is targeted to that age group. And also they're being shaped by institutions that like media, but also education that aren't really able to keep up with their, I mean, it's called the digital divide. These kids are, are super savvy and, you know, teachers today don't know how to prepare them for the future because they don't know what the world's going to be like in five, five years. Like even now they're, they're creating a Surrey phone that you can, I think you can, Surrey 10 for, sorry, um, the uh, iPhone. Oh, is, wow, <laughs> yeah, the iPhone 10, yeah, yeah. And yeah. everybody stands in line to get it. I don't know why. There's no need of it. Well, it's a new one, and it's going to be facial recognition. So yeah. literally all you have to do is hold it in front of your face, and it will mm -hmm. recognize you and unlock, which is m mental. So anyway. what happens <laughs> if you have blemishes on your face and they change? Does it still recognize you? I see problems. It does, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's like a skeletal sort mm. of recognition. Mm. So, yeah, it's... Um, I see it didn't work in the demonstration phone that they had on the, the on the information session there. They had to put up the backup. <laughs> right. No, it's so true. I don't trust the technology altogether. Well, it's I, cool, I don't think yes, should. but... Yeah, mm. I think you gotta trust yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's why, you know, it mm -hmm. really helps with critical thinking, mindfulness mm -hmm. does as well, and creative thinking, which is essential for everybody today and really for young people. I mm -hmm. mean, can you imagine... I won't get into politics at all, but all you got to do is look at the news channel and see what's going on in the world right now. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I just want to give them all a big hug, really, like and say, look, it's going to be okay. Just focus your mind on what you want to, 
what what you want your life to be. And I just can say, don't watch the news all day. Because imagine 500 years ago, things were going on, yes, but you didn't know about it, it didn't worry you. Nowadays, people feel guilty about the past, they worry about the future. As you said, they're never in the now. It's true, and... Um You know, I think what the good news is, is that I really, the research I've done is that young people today are getting smarter and they are getting more creative and they're getting more critical, uh, many of them, than mm -hmm. they've ever been before. Mm -hmm. um, and there's there's those kids. Um, and then there are kids that are kind of drowning in watered-down education and you know, constantly being fed, uh, you know, nutrition wise, just whatever. It's the same thing as, as, as the other garbage, uh, like, like just being fed garbage, like, mm. and, and not being able to see through what's, what's. Now we have about a minute. Tell us a little bit about the foundation that you started. All right. So that's for the level of learning. Um, it's still in operation in Newfoundland. Um, like I said, I, I ended up, uh, Uh, leaving just because I had I was exhausted and mm -hmm. I needed to try something new. But um, I still speak to young people today who are you know pursuing their masters or working jobs that you know I would love to be working at, like really making a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, it's just it's just really makes me happy. It warms my heart, and they inspire me. And just I, I guess all you got to do is dig a little deeper and realize that. You can make the change that wellness is your right and that um, respect is your right and having a life that you love is everybody's right. So fight for it. And that is a wonderful thought to yeah. leave our listeners with today. Yeah. And I want to encourage everybody that's interested in it not to give up. Search for themselves. There is very many good sources out there for mindfulness and I hope for yourself Robin where you're just in Nova Scotia that you can start something good here and help many young people to transform like you did in Newfoundland and this brings me to the end of today's show thank you very much for being here Robin it was a pleasure please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions thoughts comments or suggestions or if you'd like to contact Robin My email here is christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, at communityradio.ca, and I am always grateful for feedback. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Jim Francis. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon Atlantic Standard Time on 97.5 CIOE FM or on the web at communityradio.ca. Goodbye and have a great day.